This is Meet the Movie Press. It's November the 8th, 2019. On the show this week, the Batman casting news, less is more for Star Wars, uh, the Invisible Man trailer and Scream Again, plus the box office and Doctor Sleep and Last Christmas Reviewed. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talks, Meet the Movie Press. This is Meet the Movie Press. It is November the 8th, 2019. My name is Simon Thompson. You can find me on social media at showbizsimon on Instagram and Twitter. And, of course, you can find this show at Meet Movie Press on Twitter. Thank you for joining us. Uh, before we get to our uh, guest panellists today, uh, I want to just shout out Hugh Jennings uh, in the chat already in there saying, still the best show on the internet. Hugh, if you believe that, tell more people because they need to know. And Kame Egan, good morning, movie fans. Good morning to both of you already in the chat. Really important to everybody in the chat. You are a major reason why we do this show every single week. So thank you so much. Without an audience, there is no point at all. Uh, and also, the main point of the show is the fact that we get to invite Wendy back today. <gasps> Wendy, thank you so much for coming back. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I always have such a great time here, and I'm really excited for all the topics we're going to talk about today. Well, your insight is always invaluable. You always have a very unique voice, which is which is hugely valued, and we thank appreciate you. you being on the show. Um, so uh, this week, for, before we start on the topics, let's find out for people who don't. Don't perhaps know who mm-hmm. you are or your work. Uh, who are you and where can we find your work? Well, you can uh, probably find me on Collider Often. in various videos, a lot of times on Mailbag mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes Rumor Mill. Uh, I have my own YouTube channel with my husband where we do movie reviews, trailer reaction, things like that, and that is the Movie Couple channel on YouTube. And your social media? It's at Wendy Lee Zaney. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, it's great to have you on the show today. We have a lot of Star Wars stuff to talk through as well. We have a lot of box office stuff for films that we have both seen this week, which is great. In fact, we sat next to each other for one of them this week, which yes. was a real treat. Uh, okay, let's start off with um, something that everybody on the internet had an opinion on this week. Uh, mostly <laughs> positive, though, yeah. for a change, which was great to see. Uh, the Batman wants Colin Farrell to play uh, the Penguin, and Andy Serkis is in talks to play Alfred. This is obviously a brand new uh, sort of uh, reimagining of, of Batman, the Batman world. Robert Pattinson, we know, is going to be Batman. Uh, a lot of talk around casting recently. A lot of people, obviously, Jonah Hill was lined up for the Penguin, now Colin Farrell. Probably name that I would not have picked out of a bag, but mm-hmm. a lot of people are really liking that. First of all, Colin Farrell, how do you feel about him potentially as the Penguin? I, you know, uh, it was certainly a choice out of the left field for me. Yeah. It's not a bad choice, in my opinion. I am really, really excited. I remember seeing, I mean, I remember he was <laughs> Bullseye in that Daredevil movie, which, mm-hmm. not the best movie, but I thought he was, like, a lot of fun yeah. as Bullseye. Uh, I really liked him in Fantastic Beasts. And I was very, very sad that his role didn't go further. Mm. I just, I want to see more of him in that role. And, you know, if you've seen the movie, you know how it turns out. So I think this is going to be a fantastic, fun, meaty role for him that he's going to be able to, like, really dive into. Do you think it would be a role that he would stay with for more than one film, potentially? Because what we've seen with a lot of the the Batman movies is a lot of villains haven't sort of transferred between movie to movie. But we've always seen consistent Batman. Uh, And Colin Farrell has dipped his toe in franchises. But as you say, he's done like one installment mm-hmm. you know something may have got a sequel but it didn't happen for whatever reason or he was replaced in a role um do you think if he played the penguin it could be that franchise that he's looking at to potentially see the penguin in more than one movie or carried on in some other way uh i feel honestly with colin and with batman I would like to see the Penguin move on from, like, one to the next to the next. I think mm. it's, it's like you said, it's been a while since we've had that kind of a consistency. Yeah. Uh, but I think first and foremost, we really have to make sure we build a good Batman movie around all this. So we'll, we'll kind of see what direction they take with the Robert Pattinson Batman mm. and see if there's an opportunity for these villains to kind of move forward. Because that's what I really like about Batman. It's these consistency and these, like, villains that we know, like Scarecrow, uh, yep. uh, Two-Face... Penguin, Joker, Riddler, Cat, uh, Catwoman. So it's like I would love to see all of that together. Together. Yeah, and moving forward and just kind of even if he's in just pokes his head in for the next film and the one after that. He doesn't have to be like kind of in, you know, one of the main players. But just a mention and a little, just a little scene or two would be a nice touch. Yeah, because we're seeing obviously with the original Batman TV show, and this is obviously going to be completely different from that, <laughs> uh, there are a handful of villains who we would repeatedly see every now and again. You know, Joker, Batman, Catwoman, who would come up. And people like that because they like to see the two face off together. Mm-hmm. And we often see that in serialized things on TV series where 
where we see uh, villains or, or characters coming back, you know, season after season, uh, or even missing a season and then coming back again. But we don't tend to see that with a lot of superhero movies outside of some of the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. where we do see that crossover where people appear in more than one film. Um, obviously, we don't know if the Batman movie is going to be a standalone Batman movie right. like we had with Joker. Um, so we don't know whether that's being, you know, sort of looked at as a franchise. I'm kind of imagining that Warner would look at it yeah. as a franchise. Um, and I think perhaps as well, potentially, depends on how well people, um, you know, like uh, yes. Colin Farrell as, yeah. as the Penguin. I mean, if you've got a good villain and at the end of the day he doesn't die, <laughs> then why not bring him back? This Do you know is, what I mean? I mean this There's is no true. good reason. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if a villain's dead, like, let's let's keep them dead, in my mm. opinion. It, it dep- I mean, I, I guess it depends on the villain. Like, I feel yeah. like the Joker could never actually, like, die. Sure. Uh, maybe the same with, with Scarecrow, but... Yeah, I feel like if it's a very concise, like, he is dead, here is, here's the corpse, let's just move on from that, and we can maybe do him in a, in a flashback. Mm. Now, obviously, when we were talking earlier about, you know, uh, people being a bit surprised about Colin Farrell being linked to this role, do you think that was down to size? Because a lot of people see, obviously, Danny DeVito is a definitive penguin. We mm-hmm. saw the original oh, penguin I, I in just it. an incredible yeah. performance, incredible. But we seem to be kind of stuck in this, he's got to be a, a, a slightly fat guy, obviously, that kind of right. was, you know, slightly well, cartoon and everything too yes mm-hmm. and Colin Farrell is kind of that's not what we envisage and obviously he's he's quite a tall guy as well so this is a very different kind of take on that character yeah. I spoke to Rain Wilson recently um, mm. because Galaxy Quest is coming up 20th anniversary uh, there's just a new Blu-ray that's come out I'll get to sort of you know the chat that I had with him recently and a bit later but he said he would like to play the Penguin he really wanted to Ooh. but he thought he'd rule, be ruled out because of the fact that he's tall look <laughs> If Hugh Jackman can play Wolverine and yeah. be very successful and have had, I don't know how many years he's been that, and mm. Wolverine's supposed to be, what, like 5'3"? Yeah. Uh, or something, then I think size can maybe not matter as much. Okay. But I think as actors, you think about that stereotype and, yeah. and you think about what was already portrayed and we take Danny DeVito as an example and mm. you think, okay, well, that's kind of the formula that they want. So you you don't know how casting and how creative is really going to go with that. So as an actor, you kind of think, I would love to, I think I'm too tall. Yeah. You know, and, and now we know that obviously really wasn't much of a factor if we're, they're looking at Colin. Yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's really interesting because we are playing around more with um, the perceptions or, or previous versions of characters, and sometimes people do get upset. Obviously, Jack Reacher, Tom Cruise is nothing like Jack Reacher in the book. Uh, James Bond has been blonde haired, dark haired. He's right. been Scottish. He's been English. He's been <laughs> you know so many different things. Yeah. And so I think you know there is an element of when you are, especially when you have the opportunity to completely recreate this law in this way, it does give you the opportunity to play around with more mm-hmm. of these things. Maybe maybe Rain Wilson should have spoken up earlier um, and not after it had been cast, but there you go. <laughs> Look, but of, there's plenty of villains that he could play in, 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 in the Batman universe. I would so. love to see him play someone like he Mr. Could, he Freeze. He could do a Simu Lu and just put it out there. Yeah. Put it out there. No, absolutely. Well, I mean, if they want to check out the interview on Forbes, they're more than welcome to. Hey. Uh, <laughs> other people in the chat, we're going to get to Andy Serkis in just a second, uh, who's not in the chat. He's in Batman. Mm. Uh, Yash, uh, hey guys, uh, Zeno Hour, Wendy! Hey. All in cats. So very excited to <laughs> See you. Hello. Uh, it's either a cry for help or glad to see you. Uh, Yash, uh, best movie show on the internet. Thank you. Do appreciate it. Zeno saying hi, Simon. Uh, Blair Bitch Project. Good morning. Uh, good morning uh, to, to you, Blair Bitch Project. Uh, Wendy is not zany, uh, but she is afraid <laughs> of clowns, uh, which is yes. good. Are you afraid of clowns? Oh, my terrified. No. Why are you looking at me like that? I didn't know that. Okay. I, I mean, it's not. I thought you were like that. you were scheming almost. No, no, no. I was like, I'm just like how. I mean, obviously, it would not come up in regular conversation, but there, I didn't know that. So for Halloween, uh, Collider took the Collider Live team to Halloween Universal Studios. Uh, yeah, Killer Clowns. Yes. Yeah. And how did that go for you? Well, Christian Harloff didn't know. I don't know how he didn't know that I was like afraid of clowns. But you need to tell people if you're afraid of this stuff. I just thought that they knew. I thought I made it very public. Okay. But like sitting through it was very difficult for me. Oh. But I, I love the book and the movie so much that I was like, I have to like endure through this. It wasn't quite as bad. Um, but going through a maze full of killer clowns and they're all coming at you and there's like mirrors so there's multiple cl- I could not handle that like busted into tears afterwards oh my god McDonald's in the 80s must have been a fucking nightmare for you <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, and yes yeah, saying I love every character actor they've hired I think this movie is ultimately going to be a whodunit in the guise of a Batman movie since whodunit seemed to be a trend Knives Out which I mm-hmm. saw this week is very much the case and they are welcome so to come back uh, yes yeah, saying that's why there are so many villains the Blair Bitch Project Colin is great uh, he has transformed himself into an excellent versatile character actor yes he mm-hmm. has 
Um, and I, I really give him kudos for that because uh, it cannot be easy. There are very few people who get to, and the men and women, who get to act outside of the genres they're best well known for. Matthew McConaughey did it by having a break because he was the hunky rom-com guy. So was yep. Gerard Butler. Yep. Then he went sort of more action. Uh, Jamie Foxx was kind of seeing the same thing as being that sort of wisecracking kind of damn kind of guy. And <laughs> yeah. then he transitioned to do thanks to Ray and stuff like that. Yeah. Seen very, Will Smith has done it. Uh, but also it, it, there are so many women who've done Jennifer Garner, uh, Jennifer Aniston has kind of stayed in the romantic comedy mm-hmm. thing and a lot of her drama stuff hasn't really hit as well. But there mm-hmm. are many people that, that have Charlize Theron, another Jennifer person. Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. who was seen very much as kind of one thing. Um, so yeah, so it's very great. I'm very always very happy to see that. Uh, Zeno Hour, over under 60 percent chance that Corin Fowl will be under prosthetic makeup for, for Penguin. I, I, I would say... Probably a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm imagining there will be prosthetics, even if it's... Uh, there's obviously going to be facial, and I'm assuming right. somebody. But I would say I don't think they're going to go to town on it, because I think if they right. wanted to, they would have hired someone who was slightly more um, short and rotund. Yeah, I, I was thinking more of like the like in the Tim Burton one where they with the hands and the yeah. and the long nose yeah. like I, I don't know how they're gonna do it that way it really all, I'm so curious how they're gonna do this because they, they can e- either take it in that that direction or yeah. they can go more quote unquote realistic and just not do any prosthetic at all yeah I mean obviously we saw with you know shows like Gotham um, you know where we, we saw Penguin in that mm-hmm. uh, very much you know not that not that much change you know yeah. it's left more to the imagination uh, saying that only if Ben Affleck stays as Batman with Colin Farrell as Penguin a small daredevil reunion yeah I don't think that's going to happen we're not going to see Ben slipping into that suit again anytime soon but he's never going to leave that role behind for better or for worse uh, Colin Farrell was the true detective season 2 saving grace yeah absolutely he's really come into his own in the last couple of years someone else who is really I think perfect for this role and I think someone I've enjoyed in other franchises as as a, as a probably best known for mocap stuff mm-hmm. so we often see him on screen but we don't see him on screen uh, Andy Serkis to play Alfred um, obviously taking on from a long line of excellent actors who've played uh, that character um, an amazing choice yes I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Andy personally, and I've known him for a number of years. Uh, I, he's richly diverse, but your take on Andy? I mean, this is a very welcoming choice, yep. and I I think I, I really enjoy watching Andy Andy's uh, career kind of like transition and grow into this huge thing because he was, like you said, known for the mocap, and you know, it was Lord of the Rings is Gollum, and mm. it was Caesar, and I was I was hoping that he'd be able to break out of that because he's so fantastic. Like, yeah. I, I think a lot of people had a, a misconception of mocap being like, okay, you're not acting right like you're just like there for the mocap and it's they put if you see what he does behind the scene there's so much emotion even more yeah because you have to really make sure that the the people that are kind of working on your mocap and uh, transitioning that to that character it really has a lot to work with so kind of seeing him being able to break out of like a mocap role is really fantastic and alfred is iconic and i think so is andy circus so i think this is the perfect formula. It's actually funny because uh, one of Andy's first uh, films in a in a, a small supporting role was actually opposite Michael Caine. <gasps> oh, uh, yeah, they worked together a, a number of years ago. Um, a, a buddy of mine uh, was in that same it's movie, like The with Matrix. Them. Yeah, and it's like they kind of <laughs> it all comes together. Yeah, um, but I mean, Andy, when Andy got to be Andy in in the Marvel movies, obviously we saw him in Black Panther, mm-hmm. and, and you know there were other movies as well. Um, you know, he he has he has such a presence. I mean, Andy is someone who understands the craft of acting and the craft of filmmaking. Yes. And even though the two movies that he's made, Mowgli and the, and the movie before that that he that he made that unfortunately nobody saw, I think it was called Breathe, mm. um, he understands filmmaking process and he's worked under the lights of Peter Jackson where Peter would let him go and do second, I say let him, it wasn't like go on, off you go, uh, <laughs> second unit stuff, you know, on some of the movies. Big deal. Yeah, I mean that's, that's, that's in at the deep end and he's very theatrical. He's done a number of years in theatre and he really understands the art and the craft, you know, for, right, the whole thing, it's really circular for him and I think it, he will do, this is the kind of, role that he hasn't done it's very reserved um it's very strong as a character a lot of his other stuff has been very sort of you know flamboyant and you know out there and this i think is actually going to be really nice to see him in that restrained manner yeah i mean i some of this casting for this movie when you hear the casting you honestly can't think of anybody better for those roles yes 
So I think the casting crew for, for this um, have Makes done Makes me really excited. Really excited for this Yeah, Batman. I'm really excited about it. I mean, in a way that with, with Joker, when that was cast, which is mm-hmm. a movie that at the time I really didn't think we needed, I was some of the casting I thought was quite eclectic. And I wasn't quite sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a kind of Marmite on, which is a UK <laughs> thing, on on, um, on Joaquin Phoenix. Sometimes I really like him and sometimes I, I cannot watch him. Mm-hmm. He makes me feel so uncomfortable and awkward and I just don't like what he's doing. Um but this, I think, is going to be such an absolute joy. It's going to be up there for me, you know, putting it out already with Tim Burton's um, Batman Returns. Wow. I, I genuinely think it's going to be, which is still my favorite Batman movie. I really, I really, really hope so. I think it's, uh, it's, I'm also kind of tired of like the always switching of like, well, we, now it's this person for Batman, now it's this person for Batman, yeah. and I just want to sit down and watch a Batman movie, although, you know, you kind of have to go through that process to find the right actor and yeah. the right project for them to be on. So, Maybe the wait's going to be worth it, and I'm looking forward to like Robert Pattinson's. And with the director as well. I mean, you know, the helm is you know someone else with great character stuff who has worked with Andy in the past on the Apes movies, of course. So they have a great chemistry and work together very well. A couple more chats, uh, chat room uh, comments on this. Andy Serkis has such fabulous uh, range of emotion, absolutely, even when it's not him physically there. Uh, Zeno, I love Jeremy Irons as Alfred, so did I, uh, but I think Andy Serkis will do great. uh, And Blair, uh, Blair Bitch Project saying. Uh, he brought a lot to the role of Snoke. Yeah, I mean, again, roles that are, you know, not necessarily essential roles. He's always added that gravitas, so that's great. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next thing. I'd like you to take the lead on this, Wendy. Um, the story this week, uh, the future of Star Wars movies. I saw this one on Slash Film this week. Um, Disney CEO Bob, Bob Iger uh, saying less is more. Tell us a bit more about that story. Less is more. So it, it's sounding like Bob, I, and here's a quote directly. I'm just looking at the article here. Mm. He said, uh, I've said publicly that I think we've made and released too many Star Wars movies over a short period of time. Uh, I have not said that they were disappointing in any way. I have not said that I am disappointed in their performance. I just think that there is something so special about a Star Wars film and less is more. So right now we are getting about a Star Wars film every two years. Yeah. Uh, and before... All of this before kind of like the resurgence of Star Wars, before The Force Awakens, it was just those classics. And then we had the prequel and it had been a long, long, long time. And I think he, I don't completely disagree with him, to be honest with you. I love Star Wars. I am at Galaxy's Edge all the time. I'm watching those movies all the time. I have way too much Star Wars toys and merch. Uh, for for my own liking, my bank account, but and your husband's a, a big fan as well. Is he huge. not? Okay, he I mean, is. we own lightsabers and we have costumes <laughs> for Halloween. We don't even go trick or treat. We just like dress up just and dress it's kind of like stay at home. yeah, and like pass out the candy. So, uh, <laughs> um, I feel that right now because we are getting not only like the the, the remaining of the Skywalker saga, mm. we are also getting these like like we got a solo. And what was another one? We Rogue got one. Rogue One, which I absolutely loved. I love but that too. I think his worry is is a lot of people, you know, when we were looking at Marvel movies, a lot of people were saying superhero fatigue. Mm. And I think maybe he's a little kind of cautious of quote unquote Star Wars fatigue. Like I would never be tired of Star Wars, honestly. I don't feel like I can get too much content. I'm always going to be excited about Star Wars, but I can see from like a business end kind of, you want it to be fresh and exciting. And so you're doing two every year and there's not that period of time for the fans to kind of like wait and get re-excited about things again. And he's just worried that the, I guess the hype would, you know, slowly go away a little bit. Especially now we are getting also Disney streaming. Yeah. We have the Mandalorian. Which is next week. We've got Obi-Wan. Yeah. So I think... You know, but like, can there really be too much Star Wars content? Well, I mean, I, I, I you know, as much as I, I, I've grown up with Star Wars and I love Star Wars, but obviously not as much as you in a, in a slightly different way. Um, I, I, I like to miss things. I, I miss the hunger, and we appear to be in a constant news cycle. Yes. Up to a movie, after a movie, the think pieces ready for the next movie. There's, there's never really any. A lull. There's a never a lull. There's never an absence, and I think sometimes, you know. It, even if it was three years, Mm -hmm. I think we we could have a fallow year. There'd be the the rise and fall, you know, the before and the after, and then a fallow year. Mm -hmm. And then there was the rise and the the anticipation, but we don't have anything fallow. Right. And I think, for me, we kind of miss that. And, you know, I, I just think that especially when it's Disney that is, is behind Star Wars. Now, if you look at Disney and their dominance of the box office, with some great content, I'll give them that. They have 
live action movies, they have the Marvel movies, they mm-hmm. have the Star Wars movies, they also have Disney Plus ads from next week, which is going to be covered with content. Yeah. There is an element the way you have to look at yourself and having been in broadcast for a number of years, where you don't cannibalize your own audience and you don't you don't kind of shift your audience away from where you really want them to be, which is asses in seats in a movie theatre. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we are seeing, whether it's Star Wars or not, we are seeing an increasing trend for people making active decisions about what they are going to pay and see. Mm-hmm. And because windows especially are a lot shorter than they used to be. Yeah. What they are going to pay to see in the movie theatre, and having paid to see Doctor Sleep last night, yeah. almost 20 bucks. Oh. To, for for a movie ticket, and Did you, you want to take uh, it was uh, the Pacific at the Grove. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it was like seventeen seventy five plus a one fifty convenience fee, and it's like I mean that's twenty bucks. And if you're go- taking a family, you are going to make active decisions yes. about what you're going to see. And mm-hmm. some will wait for like a you know a three dollar movie theater, or they're yeah. going to wait for it to come on Netflix because it's cheaper. Or some people will pirate it because yeah. these things are available. <laughs> that's a it no-no. is illegal. Do not do it. But a lot of people do. Yeah. I know a lot of people who do. Even people in the industry. And it it pisses me really? off. Pisses oh me off gosh. no end. Um, but I we're think, just too goody two shoes. Well, <laughs> I just I just, I just have Are a real thing for, for people taking the piss. <laughs> it, there's no reason for it. It's no, like, there's don't no reason bite for piracy. The fucking hand that feeds. Yeah, no. Um, but that's a whole other. That's a whole <laughs> other thing. Um, but yeah, I, and I just think that there isn't there isn't an absence. And I think uh, sometimes you need that. And I wouldn't if after this movie Mm -hmm. we didn't have another Star Wars movie for five years. Yeah. I think that would be fine. But even looking at the next Star Wars movie coming up, Nine, uh, Rise of of Skywalker, Mm -hmm. um, there doesn't appear to be, bearing in mind we are weeks away from this movie hitting movie theatres, there doesn't appear to be quite the buzz and the anticipation that we have seen around Mm -hmm. even Last Jedi Mm -hmm. last time round. I know a number of people were burnt with that, you know, the the like and the not likes are, you know, constantly at war, you know, it's like the North and the South back in history, (laughs) it's like the fucking Civil War. (laughs) It's, um, but, you know, there there just doesn't appear to be that buzz, but because there's no, there's no breath there's no break. There's no there, yeah. break. There's no breath. There's no. So we're not pause, like you no said. Coma. We're not hungry for it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that, and that really you know is is obviously person to person. Yeah. But there is a little bit of that security blanket of like, yeah, okay, well we're gonna get the next one in yeah. like a year and a half, or we're gonna, and then there's gonna be another kind of like standalone movie in between it. So yeah. so our needs are kind of satisfied. So we're kind of now. Kind of relying on it, and and it's maybe becoming a little like a habitual thing. It's it's there's an element of complacency, yeah. Where you know it's always in the background, like Muzak. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's always something you can go mm-hmm. to somewhere and get a, a Star Wars movie. And I do kind of, I, I know it's because I'm a little bit older, but it's I just think it's kind of like I, I do miss those days. So, in your opinion, then how would how much time would you want between a Star Wars film? I would say three years. Okay, three years. Would That's be fun. not terrible uh, no, either. It's not. It's not too long to wait. But two no. years in film is really not a long time. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. A lot of people say, "Oh, time is traveling faster." <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's traveling at the same speed, but it just does. Years tend to disappear. Yes. And also, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know if you feel this way, I mean, mm-hmm. probably not so much because you're a massive fan, but there is a bit of editorial burn where I'm just, I'm sick and tired of, of seeing constant, constant takes on Star Wars. And this goes for other franchises as yeah. well. Yeah, Which is like, oh, fuck. You mean kind of like fan fan takes and Well, and fan takes like and that. industry takes yeah. and, oh, you'll never guess what happened when the, oh, the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I just, there's, it's, it never goes away. Yeah. And I think there's an element of that complacency. And I think if, pe- if you, things don't go away, people can't miss them. And I right. think three years is about the right thing to do it. And we've seen it with movies like Toy Story 4 mm-hmm. this year. It's been a number of years. Um, Toy Story 4 was released three years after, t- two to three years after it was originally meant to be released. Yeah. And you know what? When Toy Story 4 came along, people were excited for it and they turned out for it. Yeah. So they did too for uh, Incredibles. Yeah, and, and that and was like 10, 12 years. Yeah, that yeah. So I think you need to, and especially when you're a studio that has so much content out there already, I think that you, which is going after fundamentally the same dime. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to, to rest it a bit. I think well, one for production. I think maybe the way they did do it, maybe it's for production because they they have the cast, they have mm. the location, and maybe they try to film everything all at once. And then they get into like the editorial phase, and they're like, "Well, let's just keep on the schedule." Yeah, which I think for production and business is really, really smart. But I, I, see, I see what you're saying about wanting a break and wanting to kind of feel that hunger and crave and kind of rebuild your excitement. Like, oh, it's been so long since I've seen Star Wars on screen. I can't wait to 
stand in line and see everybody turn out for this in costumes and lightsabers and things like that. But I, I mean, I certainly know from sort of working in TV editorial that even that kind of stuff is now it doesn't grab the headlines like it mm. used to. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the the industry has changed and the world has changed, yeah. and this doesn't appear to change with it. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think there'll always there'll always be an audience for for Star of course. Wars. There'll of always course. be an audience because it's one of the greatest franchises, uh, one of the greatest IPs that has ever been created yeah. in the history of cinema. Yeah. So Star Wars is not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, let's have a look at what people are saying in the chat. Bob Iger looks like Frank Sinatra. Uh, <laughs> uh, sure, I don't know if that's slightly racist or why people look the same. I'm kidding. Uh, no, but I, I, do you know what? Actually, uh, Westy Kid, you are not entirely wrong in that. Uh, the Blair Bitch Project, uh, this sounds like Lucasfilm is in a recalibration phase. Uh, Blair Bitch Project, Galaxy's Edge is awesome. And we talked about Galaxy's Edge before we came on air today. Yeah. And the fact that it, the the... Uh, audience attendance for that has been lower than anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people have been put off by the fact that everybody's told, oh my God, everybody in the world's going to be a Galaxy's Edge. Right. And some people are like, there's not enough there. Mm-hmm. And we discussed about some other reasons. And you had another theory on why that hasn't particularly landed as, as well. Yeah, well, one, I agree with, uh, there's not enough yet. We have one ride, we have one cantina, we yeah. have uh, various food locations. So maybe when the Rise of the Resistance opens, that can change a little bit. But mm. they, I feel like there needs to be more to do essentially um to for people to go but another one is uh for me in my opinion galaxy's edge right now it's set in episode seven eight nine and forward yeah and even though we have the millennium falcon there even though ray's walking around we're never going to really see that classic uh original saga Mm. any uh, any of the character we're we're, i i don't see them ever putting leia on the park Mm. whether it's princess form or or general form there we can't have a han solo it won't work um and uh uh, Luke definitely won't work. Though I did see Captain Phasma the other day. Interesting. In the park. And I went, hmm. <laughs> she looked fantastic. Yeah. I got a picture. But uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, so, but I think because right now the, the time is, is set in those, the newer iterations. Mm. And I think some of the fans really crave that classic stuff. Like... We want to see a Jabba. We want to see a Boba Fett. We want, you know, we want all of these things. And and I don't think Galaxy's Edge right now is built. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think we're gonna they're gonna go backwards in that. And I think some of the fans would prefer to see that. And it's also, but it's weird if you are in a fixed timeline where you know if you if you have those super fans who they both want to see some of that stuff, and then you have people who go like, well, how can Jabba be here? Because in this timeline where this Correct. is set, Jabba wasn't here. Correct. And then you got Leia, and Leia wasn't here, and then you got this. Okay, so I'm going to follow this timeline, but Ray wasn't yeah. in this one. Mm-hmm. It then becomes a little bit. It kind of spoils the whole idea behind Galaxy's, Galaxy's Edge. Edge. Right, and that's so I understand how why they're mapping it out, but I can see maybe that's one of the few people, uh, one of the reasons why few people are, like, not wanting to go because they're kind of like, well, it's like, maybe they don't like the new the newer Star Wars, so yeah. they were like, why invest their money? It's not cheap to go to Disneyland. Like, it you have to pay cheap. for parking, you have to pay for a day ticket. Yeah. Um, the, the cantina is two drinks minimum. Uh, wow, and, and I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. Well, they may have changed it, but the last time I went, which was, like, when I went to the cantina, I was literally just at Galaxy's Edge like two weeks ago. But um, when I went to the cantina the last time, it was like two drink minimum. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll never come in here again. It was That's really, crazy. Spent over $100. Everybody getting lit. <laughs> That's insane. Wow. I didn't realize that. I didn't actually get to go in there because the queue was insane. I'm like, yeah. I'm not That's another thing. You're, you're spending a nuggets. lot of time. They don't have chicken nuggets. Do they not? Well, and I'm definitely not queuing up. You know what I mean? It's like space food. No, no, no. I get it. No, they have, yeah. they have like space food. Yeah. For eight dollars, yeah, the Batu bits, <laughs> Batu bits. That's what they're called. I wouldn't, I did, didn't love uh, it. That's also my drag name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so people saying Zeno. I hope Andy Serkis' Alfred is like a Batman Earth One version. Uh, that version leans more into Alfred's military background and, and his badass. A lot of people still talking about Andy Serkis in there instead of Star Wars for the one gamillionth time. Uh, says Yash, uh, maybe three to four years would be good. Uh, can we talk about Knives Out? We're going to talk about Knives yes. Out uh, again. I, I saw it this week. Uh, is Embargo lifted? Uh, well, it was at know. TIFF. It was at TIFF. I mean, all the reviews and stuff are yeah. out. Um, maybe we'll get to talk about that at the end. Let's um, uh, uh, Zeno I was saying. Uh, I think we all need a break from Star Wars movies, to be honest, especially the fandom. Uh, Yash, uh, we need as fans and industry people to, cha- uh, to change uh, the discussion. Yeah, I think we do, to be honest with you. But, you know, certainly from an editorial point of view, while this stuff still gets clicks, people are still going to write about it. Mm-hmm. So as much as we can yeah. complain about it, uh, you know, while people keep clicking on this shit, yep. so people are going to keep writing it. Equals traffic. Clicks equals equals traffic. Quality does not necessarily equal quantity. 
Uh, Yash, I blame Twitter. I blame Twitter for pretty much everything, Yash, uh, including many of my own mistakes. Uh, Eon 001, a Mandalorian, Obi-Wan, Star Wars games like Fallen Order. I have my Star oh, Wars fix. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just... Fallen Order. Yeah, I, I, three years would be great. Mm-hmm. I'd be fine with that. And then Especially a, and a TV now with, series in the middle. Lovely. Exactly right, because now we're getting Mandalorian. And uh, not only that, we're having Obi-Wan. Um, granted, it's, I think it's only a six episode yeah. show um, but we're also the Clone Wars coming back yeah. so there's there's definitely more than enough uh, Star Wars content for your you know needs yeah so, I, I agree. Let's move on from this. Uh, Invisible Man trailer dropped this week. Uh, the new movie from uh, Lee Wanell. Uh, a lot of it's the start of this dark universe, not dark universe. Uh, Universal monsters being uh, reimagined after a number of false starts. Elizabeth Moss is hunted uh, by something unseen in this trailer. Um, we'll talk about the trailer in a second. But Lee Wanell, a lot of people were, were tweeting him over the last couple of days and saying, "There's too much in the trailer," and there's a lot in the trailer. Mm. There's too much in the trailer. And he's like, he's reassuring people that. Not everything you see in the trailer is everything you need. It's just yeah. a thing. And there is an endemic problem in the industry right now where so much is uh, put in the trailer where you can fundamentally either see most of the movie or guess it. Uh, Mile yeah. 12 is one that springs to mind. Last Christmas is one that springs to mind. Yep. There have been several even in the last sort of 12 to 18 months. Uh, first of all, your thoughts on there being too much in the trailer? I didn't feel like there... Personally, I don't feel like there was too much. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they gave us kind of what the gist is going to be. And I can see how people can feel that maybe like the end of the movie was played out. Mm. I don't feel like that's it. I don't I don't uh, think so either. Because Invisible Man, is he's such like like a mastermind. Yeah. You know, and they kind of hinted at that in the, in the trailer. So I, I feel like what he's... Sh- I, I think everything was shown on purpose. Um, and... I think this is a movie that's going to kind of keep you guessing mm. uh, in, in kind of in vain of uh, Gone Girl, almost. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I think also to a certain extent with movies like Us, because when you saw Us, uh, certainly I thought I was going to see one movie. Oh, my God, yes. And then when we watched the movie, I was like, but the trailer's only like the first 20 minutes of the movie. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Uh, and that was, a, that was a blessing and a curse. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Us. I thought it was good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly really, really intrigued by this. And I really like what, what Lee has done, who, who I believe wrote it as well as directed mm-hmm. it. And produced it, and, yeah. and produced it. Oh, fuck, I wish you'd do he some work. everything. So fucking lazy, Lee Wanell. <laughs> God. Uh, God. What a slacker. Did he write the theme tune as well? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. <laughs> do, do, do. The Invisible Man. Um, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what he's done with The Invisible Man because from this, I cannot tell mm-hmm. whether he is the good guy or the bad guy in this right. setup. Yeah. Because... Well, he's, in my opinion, I think he's playing him out to be bad. I think he is, but I'm not entirely sure that we've seen all of Elizabeth Moss's character. Correct. So I'm very intrigued to see what that relationship is going to turn out yeah. to be. My expectation is that he's going to be the villain. Yeah. Um, but it would be very interesting to see. And I'm certainly, there are a number of movies this year that I've seen trailers for. And it's kind of left me like, okay, I'm interested. Or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, okay. Or I'm definitely in. This is definitely in the I am definitely in camp. Yeah. This is a movie I'm genuinely looking forward to. I'm a big fan of the original Universal Monsters. And I think many attempts over the last couple of years to, to try and, you know, reinvent them whether it's uh, Dracula Untold or whether it's the terrible movie The Mummy and Mm. I love Tom Cruise but that was an awful movie and everybody involved pretty much knows that Um, this to me is is really like what they should have done two years ago but I think the timing is it's probably the right timing for it Uh, I I feel like if you put it out then I don't know it it may not have have had such uh, a positive reaction because of Dracula Untold not not very popular. The mummy not very not very popular. And you have this one. All of a sudden, you're like, "Whoa! This could be it. This could be the one that turns the universe around, or it could kind of reignite the universe." Uh, and and when I watched this trailer for Invisible Man, I got the same feel when of excitement when I watched Upgrade, which is also by Lee Wynell. Yes, and Great I was movie. If you haven't seen it, by the way, check it out. Yeah, I really really. I'm intrigued on the angle that he's taking for this one. It's yeah. it's a little bit more modern. I love Elizabeth Moss in anything and everything yeah. that she does. I'm such a huge fan She's of. She's also Handmaid's a really funny person. 
Is Have she? you interviewed her? No. She is so sharp. Genuinely, a lot of people don't think of her in that way. Mm. They see her as kind of this slightly buttoned down, Maybe quite serious. intense, very serious. Uh-huh. She's got a wicked sense of humour. Yeah. Seriously, she doesn't get to show it very often, and I'd love to see her getting. Maybe to show her in a comedy would be. I'd love to see eventually. That. I'd you love know, to see I think it. the sky's limit. Sky's the limit for for her. Uh, but I think this one, just imagine like really testing your acting skills because for her role on uh, Handmaid's Tale, there's mm. a lot of internal monologue that she kind of plays through her head. There's yep. a lot of voiceover. And all of it is in her face, you know, just like that beauty shot and her eyes. And she tells a story with her, just the slightest little, like, tweaks with her facial expression. Her smell is a great example of that. She yeah. does that a number of times in that movie. She's a master at it. Like, mm. so good at it. And in this one, it's not just, like, close-up beauty shots. She's acting with herself, yeah. essentially. That's tough. So I am... So excited for this. I, I really want to see if there's a little bit more to what we saw in the trailer. I, honestly, I am so satisfied with this first trailer. Yeah. I don't see any. I don't need to see any more until February when this movie comes I'm out. I'm not watching any more trailers. I'm not watching any more clips. I don't want to know anymore. I don't want to know anymore. That's fine. Uh, people in the chat talking about this uh, Invisible Man trailer. Awesome. Uh, BlackRock316. Welcome to the chat, BlackRock. Uh, Kama Egan, uh, Mandal- Mandalorian. We're, we're going to move on from that. Um, Yash, uh, wow. Lee Winnell uh, disappointed me really hard. Uh, Upgrade was a favorite of mine from last year. Um, I hate this Me Too Invisible Man. We don't know that it's going to be a Me Too Invisible Man, but also there is a problem with sexual abuse, and so you know we do need to call that out where that's situated. Uh, you know whether it's sexual or physical. Uh, Kama Egan, the Invisible Man trailer looks incredibly frightening, and I can't wait to see it. I, I agree. I genuinely think it's going to be like a real uh, pants shitter. Um, Eon zero zero one can't wait for this. That might, that might get used on the on the poster. Wait and see. Maybe not. I uh, can't wait for this. Uh, I hope they don't force a shared universe. Um, I don't think they're going to have to force it to be honest with you. But let's see. Um, I mean, I'd be happy if they were individual within if this, this universe. Isn't, yeah, I, 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 at this point, you know? I would totally be okay with that. Uh, Zeno Hour, I really dig this trailer. Uh, Yash uh, saying Elizabeth Moss looks very well cast. Uh, absolutely brilliantly cast. I, I'd actually go so far as to say uh, this is more Hollow Man and less Invisible Man. Hollow Man gets a lot of shit, I actually like that. But going back to your point about this being the right time, uh, we're going to move on from this in a second, but I want to ask you one more thing on this. Mm-hmm. When you talk about this being the right time for it, do you think that is because audiences' uh, tastes have slightly, uh, let's say, matured mm-hmm. uh, and they're now ready for this this is an era of storytelling and character again uh, or do you think it's the fact that um, because other movies have kind of led in this area studios have now got the balls to actually make this kind of movie and they're going okay this can work which is kind of linked to the first point do you think it's more one than the other I think it's the latter, Okay. Uh, in, in my opinion. And, I mean, look, I can kind of, honestly, I can argue both points. Right. To be totally honest with you. I think, I think the studios with, you know, things evolve so fast now. Uh, yeah. our, our attention span is very, very short, very, very quick. And they're just, yep. Because we're, they're, oh. we're overstimulated all the time. There's yeah. cell phones, there's tablets, there's streaming, there's like 50 million things coming at you uh, and, and everything is evolving so quickly and, mm. and, and Twitter is very loud on, on certain topics and I feel like you know, as certain movies have set precedents to be like, it is okay to step in in this direction. Yeah. Let's just do it and see what happens. Because also at the same time, People love or hate on things, and then people move on from things very quickly. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's also that kind of a culture slowly building. And But I don't see this movie being I, – I just can't see this movie being bad. And it's not one of those like, okay, well, it, it didn't perform, so we're just going to forget about it. Yeah, but I mean I, I had the conversation with um, with some studio executives just the other day at, a, at an awards event um, about the fact that, you know, blink and you miss it with some movies. Because, yep. you know, by the next Friday – it's like your movie didn't exist. Out. There yeah. are four new ones. Yeah. And it's like, it's a struggle. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other things I want to touch on before we get to box office and reviews. Uh, we've got 20 minutes left on the show. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate at the box office. Um, not a great <sighs> opening for that movie. Um, Did you like it? I, I thought it was very mediocre, if okay. I'm really honest with you. All I right. had a number of issues with it. Uh, you know, it was it, yes, everyone's saying it's the best one since the second one. It is. Well, yeah, because if, if you look at it. The other ones have been you... terrible. <laughs> So it's like by default rather than actually being a really good movie. Um, and it had nothing to do with it being predominantly female-led. I mean, right. I have no preference either way on that. It, does, it, it literally doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think the writing was particularly good. I didn't think the story was particularly good. Okay. Um, I, I didn't, you know, the set pieces were impressive, but they just didn't grip me. Um, and I think some of the effects, to be honest with you, were a little bit mediocre. Oh, okay. Um, you know, even right at the beginning where the Terminators are coming out of the, yeah. the sea. And uh-huh. I'm like, that just didn't look 
great. Mm. For me, it just didn't... I, I, like, it I was love, just okay. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. And I was just... I just don't know why they, they don't stop. Your thoughts on Terminator? Quickly? I mean, I had a lot of fun in it. I will agree that it, yeah. is, it is the best since uh, T2. But again, I didn't love... Genesis is all right. For me. For me. I can see why people didn't like it. It, it was an all right film for mm. me. Like, But I haven't liked it. It's not a rewatch movie for me. Uh, I didn't see... There was one movie between... where The one where Christian Bale yelled at <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which um, one was that one? Salvation. So, okay, so I saw that one. I didn't see the one after that. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'm because I just didn't feel, I was kind of like a little, a little tired of it, to be mm. honest with you. It was always kind of like going back to the same time. So, but this one, I, I watched it because I wanted to see Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor again. Yeah. That's my, that was my, the main pull for me to, to go and see this. And I loved uh, the cast. I can see why certain people were turned off by what was shown in the beginning yeah. of of the specific timeline that they tackled. I don't 100% love the motivation for Arnold uh, in yeah, this. Yeah, I we first, I was like, mm, it, it just felt really weird, but mm. I loved seeing him battling, you know, the T-1000. So, it, like, it was nice to see both him and Linda back, but ultimately right. the film overall... It, it was, was just... a very fun film. It was a fun action flick for me, and I really had fun with it, but it's I can totally see why other when, people are like, mm. But when, again, like, buying a ticket for Doctor Sleep last night, if someone was saying, is that worth best part of 20 bucks... Or should I wait? Mm. I genuinely am like, you know, and this is the way whenever I get to review something, I always look at it. If I was paying 20 bucks for this. You have to because is it that, that's how much people are yeah, paying. Yeah, that's how much people are really paying. It's <laughs> not like I got to see some <laughs> free shit. Or I want to kiss a studio's ass. It's mm-hmm. like, is it worth $20? Yeah. And uh, and for me, I'm just like, I, I don't, you know, yeah. as great as it is to see it on the big screen, it was just wasn't worth 20 bucks. Okay. So could this spell Judgment Day for the franchise is, is the big question here. Like the end? Like the end. Is I this thought that be... this was supposed to be the last I one. I thought it was. <laughs> and then there was talk it's of like it T-1000, starting a new they keep trilogy. Coming back. They just keep coming back. They just take it away. I feel, I feel like for me, it was pretty clear and concise. And I feel like it's, it's done. Mm. Uh, although in Hollywood, nothing is ever finite. Yeah. Uh, they will probably bring it back in ten years or less, and just well, be like, "Here's a new John Connor." Yeah, you know, I, I it's it's possible, but um, but if you're gonna do one, like, then wait a yeah. really long time. Like maybe till we're all dead, <laughs> um, and nobody remembers the other films. <laughs> so, uh, new Scream movie uh, gearing up uh, to reference more scary movies. Ghostface is going to return. Scream Four for me though was mm. a great end to that movie that I often say, don't do, leave it as a trilogy or do a five or a six, but yeah. never do a four. But four actually worked well for me. Um, is it right? You know, I mean, it's happening. It's just not like, oh, should they do it? Oh, well, Simon says it's not okay, so we should stop. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I don't... Uh, th- are, are you iffy about... Nobody watched the Scream TV show. Right. And I just don't know, especially bringing Ghostface back again. Yeah. I don't... I don't really know. I'm not sure so how I feel, feel about this. It feels this. a little redundant. Yeah, they're going to gonna have to do something like Lee has done, going back to Invisible Man, for it right. really to be something new and unique. Otherwise, it is just the same stuff that we love. Yeah. But it's the same stuff, mm-hmm. nevertheless. Yeah. So your thoughts on this? I mean, <laughs> Perry's not going to be very happy with me okay. about this, because she loves Scream. That's like her favorite movie. She's like the Collider, uh, you know, horror movie yeah. fan, her and Haley both. But I... I am really not that excited for the the new Scream. Like I'm excited mm. for the fans that are that are gonna get to see this. But this is for me. I'm kind of like if I catch it, great. If I catch it when it comes out on a streaming server service, then fine too. I just kind of like in, in what you said is the you know they're bringing Ghostface back, and it's kind of like oh what what what. How different can it be? Yeah. If you can show me in a trailer that it'll you know it'll be like pretty different. Okay, then I'm for it. I, I always, I always love new content. I always love, I love going to the movies. Uh, but if it's going to be kind of like the same, you know, with just the same car, new rapper, then like I don't really need it. Yeah, because if it's if it's another one, I mean, I'm thinking one way to really mix it up would be setting it somewhere else. Mm. So setting it in a different country. Oh, um, oh yeah. I think yeah, might yeah, be yeah. interesting. I think maybe taking it to Asia would be really interesting. <sighs> 
um, they could do something really cool with that yeah, because be different cool. cultural references. Because yeah. obviously, the the original screen movies, the first four movies, were really much about American movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you do that thing, it's like, oh, okay, how many times can you do? It? Right. Yeah, you can reference new movies like Us and Get Out and all these other things, but you're still fundamentally it's it's the same thing, same car, new wrapping. But I think if you set it somewhere different, like maybe uh, Europe or Asia or something like that, that would be interesting. Would be really interesting because you can then use a lot of sort of Japanese, Korean, uh, you know, that, uh, different kinds of, of cultural yeah. references like we obviously brought grudge over here yeah. um, uh-huh. and, and ring and then maybe do the same thing and flip yeah. it like that that could be really interesting mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i just don't know if it's more of the same i mean the other movies are great i don't know what they're going to add to it but i'd be very interested certainly open to hearing the idea but yeah. i mean why not do a gif- different thing yeah and, and uh, i think it was william bibiani on on twitter this week he's, he's mentioned this before so i cannot take credit for this um he was saying why not necessarily do it from the the scream thing but do it from the movie that was in scream <gasps> oh so set it in that so make it a bit meta and set it Ooh. in that movie's that's interesting stab, the stab movies i don't hate that set at it in all. the stab movies world yeah ah like a little multiverse. Make it a little multiverse. Yeah. Make it a bit, you know. So two. I mean, there are just two ideas there. Yeah. Um, but I think you know they really need to do something different. So just something a little thing. bit different. Like having Ghostface back is great for yeah. the, for you know for everybody who's really into that. But I I just I want something a little bit different. What's up, Ghostface? Do you remember that from the scary movie? Yeah. The, <laughs> How can uh, you forget? What's up? What's up? What's up? All the commercials had that. Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> oh God, whenever I do that, like. Oh. Good times. Uh, Westy Kid loved the Scream franchise. The TV show didn't work because it didn't have Sydney, Gale Weathers, and Dewey. Uh, but I want something different. Uh, Yash Perry is a product of the 90s. That's fine. <laughs> Millions of people were. Uh, how about instead of rebooting Scream, uh, they may come up with something new? I absolutely agree. I'm a child of the 80s, um, mm-hmm. 70s and 80s. But do you know what? I mean, there's much many stuff that I would love to see um, sort of remade. But I, yeah. some things don't necessarily need that treatment. Correct. Uh, we should have Perry on Meet the Movie Press. We should do. Yeah. That would be great. Um, uh, yeah. As long as Adam Devine uh, isn't in Scream, I won't oh, hate it. Oh, no. Uh, Adam Devine is, is funny. He's um, fine. He is fine. I just don't think he's had the right project. Yeah, um, I'm getting tired of film reboots. Uh, they should be uh, they should be rebooted to the curb, says Kame. <laughs> uh, but you know what, Kame? The thing is, why people keep turning out for them? Yeah. Ollie was going to keep. I mean, this them. discussion's been—it's like an—it's it's an, years uh, old discussion. Yeah, like it's been going on like since I had. Why hair. do we need reboots? Because people go see them. Yeah, people if they go didn't. see them. The nostalgia ticket is strong. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay, let's move on to uh, box office this week. Thanks to everybody in the chat for taking part in that. We really appreciate some great discussions. A lot of other stories we're not going to get to, unfortunately. Um, but let's talk about um, uh, uh, Warner Brothers' Doctor Sleep. Obviously, now in theaters, mm-hmm. uh, widely anticipated. Yep. Um, I'm glad it's out because I think we're going to now maybe not have so much editorial on it there's a lot of content on this out there uh, Warner Brothers Doctor Sleep last night in previews 1.5 million um, pets which is fine not great uh, 2.3 million in previews for Pet Cemetery earlier this year so it's down ah. if you compare it interesting which is interesting because Pet Cemetery is a reboot. Uh, Pet Cemetery is a reboot, but also Doctor Sleep is coming off the back of The Shining, which has massive yeah, cultural I... references. Um, Pet Cemetery, I think, is kind of a different thing, but still, one point mm-hmm. five million is below what I kind of thought we were going to see. Um, I think I'm... once the word gets out, that's going to go up. I think it will. I think it's also going to be a case of keeping a lot of secrets in the movies. We're mm-hmm. looking at it going to be uh, opening top this week with uh, a box office merger saying twenty five million. I think twenty five, maybe thirty for I... Doctor Sleep. Yeah. But I have a, a a little bit of concern that it's going to open below twenty five million. Um, we will have to see. It just twenty five is about we'll right. Do you think twenty five is too much? Well, embargoes lifted on on the movie, right? Yeah. So yeah. so I think as that come, I think I'm, I would like them to get to it. I like the movie a mm. lot. Uh, I. Though I, I do kind of, I kind of worry that it will fall below the 25. Yeah, we, we'll talk about the movie in a second. Last Christmas is another one we're going to review. Uh, that's coming in second place at 15 million. Terminator Dark Fate uh, is likely to be uh, in third place with around 13.4. Midway, another new release this week, uh, uh, 13 million, which hasn't exactly been pushed particularly hard. Uh, Joker, 8.5 million, rounding out the top five. And then Playing With Fire, John Cena's mm. uh, new comedy yeah um which is out for families uh this weekend uh, so and then maleficent followed by harriet uh, followed by adam's family and zombieland 2 double tap zombieland 2 double tap by the way uh, deserves uh, your time and attention it's very good i don't think it's got i missed it, it so i'm gonna have to maybe see it this it's weekend. worth catching it's genuinely yeah. worth catching yeah, yeah i mean now you know whether you see it in theaters i don't know but it's it's still good um so let's talk about the movies um coming out this week let's talk about last christmas first of all we've got 10 minutes left on okay. the show for this um 
Last Christmas, I've got to be honest with you, it's a movie that I was really looking forward to. I love this kind of schmaltzy Christmas Me too. holiday movie. Uh, big fan of movies like Love Actually. Um, Last Christmas, for me, didn't do it. Uh, it just didn't work for me on so many levels. Right. Um, for me, the script was not strong enough. I didn't buy the chemistry between the leads. Um, it felt hammy. I mean, Emma Thompson, who I love, it just felt that felt over the top. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the biggest thing was the fact that I guessed the twist from the trailer. I think a lot of people, you're not the only one, a lot of people have. But also, uh, in our prior conversation, also a lot of people hadn't. Figure that out. I'm, like I love a lot yeah, of her friends. I do wonder who saw the movie with us. Well, like, well, I didn't know. I was surprised. like, really? I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, but I mean, I, I just the whole thing didn't didn't gel for me. And there are a number of a number of flaws in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one particular scene, and I'm not I'm not going to spoil the movie. But there's one particular scene which doesn't make sense when you know the ending, where um, she is taken back to his apartment. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense when you know the end of the movie. The first time? The first time. Okay. Because how could that possibly oh, that's happen? that's true. How could that possibly well, okay, happen? I have, a, I have a theory, but I can't say it because okay. that would be a spoiler. I can but tell you after. There are several things that I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Yes. So there are a couple of things that I'm like, I, I great the idea, but I guess it just wasn't strong. Your, your thoughts on Last Christmas? I thought, look, I am just like you. I, I love a good Christmas movie. Yeah. I'm the person that watched The Christmas Prince on Netflix multiple times just because I could. I fucking love it. My <laughs> wife can't stand that movie. <laughs> the sequel it. wasn't as good, but the the, the, fir- the first one was fantastic. So I was like all about this movie, and I love Amelia Clark. I love Henry, Go- Henry Golding. I, just the cast, I was living for it. Yeah. Uh, and I love the trailer. It warmed my heart. So I was very excited to see this, even though I felt like kind of like what we were talking about with trailer earlier I felt like it kind of gave away a lot of the movie yeah uh, and I was kind of like well it doesn't matter it's a Christmas movie but I felt I like the story it's very cute it's a little formulaic mm. a little but uh I felt the up until the third act like the first and second act was kind of messy and scatter for yeah. me it was just a little bit everywhere it felt somewhat rushed yet not concise uh you know where the direction I, felt a bit light it just for me. It, yeah it just felt it was kind of it was everywhere yeah. and i was like where are where are we going with focused on so much right now like where are we going and just scenes i don't like it when scenes kind of abruptly end and then i pick up somewhere else where it's kind of like wait what just happened there was like a time lapse and did I fall asleep? And there was another love story in there that I really wanted to see more yes. of. Yes. Um, which I thought was possibly one of the most enchanting things in the movie. Yeah. And genuinely gave me... That's the that's the thing that gave me the feels. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you, you know, I, I love Henry, I love Amelia, but for me, they just didn't work together. Paul, I love as a director. And, you know, after the last movie that he did, which is currently on Hulu, by the way, mm-hmm. um, uh, is it, incredible. And this felt the direction was a bit of a light touch. Yeah. Um, knowing how well he can be. And he didn't have to be too, too heavy-handed with it because it would have made it sort of really sort of, you know, cheesy. Yeah. But I think it was a little bit too light on this. Um, but, I mean, for me, I mean, there were moments that, that I laughed at that certainly the audience that, that we were in didn't laugh at. I yeah. mean, I love, you know, I love the use of wanker. I mean, you know, sporadically. <laughs> I thought that was great. That was very nice to see. Um, I, I also loved, uh, you know, Emma Thompson using the word muff, which will get a huge laugh in the UK. Um, <laughs> and also Jason Statham reference, which yes. is great. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I cracked up real hard at that. But the two female police officers. Um, I thought their characters were great. Would and have they would liked pop to see up more. every now and again, but I would have liked to see more of them. D- just and at least like two or three more times. They they kind of came in a yeah. little bit later, and then we didn't see them for a long time. All of a sudden, they were popping up over and over and over. And I was like, did you forget about them? And then like remember to put them in? Yeah. Or, like they just happened to be there, and they're like, you want to? I, I don't know. But... And then the estate agent, like who was randomly appeared at the event at the end, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's strange. But <laughs> for me, the whole thing was it was a little bit sort of dis- disjointed. Um, yes, that's the right. That's a good word for it. You mm-hmm. know, um, and I don't think the. The, the influences, you know, the strengths were put on particular things yeah. that I think they could have done. But I mean, it's not awful. I mean, some people are saying it's like terrible. It's oh, not no, awful. I don't I think it was it's terrible. Yeah. It's it's a little disjointed. It felt a little just just. I just need a more clear, concise direction with yeah. the first two acts. The third act, I was like living for it. I kind of felt you know the the emotion a little bit, and I I kind of really liked how it was ended. But it also again formulaic. A lot of people are saying, um, uh, let's say Paul Feig. Uh, talking about Paul Feig as a director, I love Freaks and Geeks and Spy. That's from Yash. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of sad the feed couldn't elevate the material. Yeah, I mean, me too. Uh, kind of sick uh, when you see that the only person uh, Henry Goulding uh, can have a wholesome relationship with is another uh, Asian woman. There is this t- 
tendency that it's like people like they don't buy these relationships if the two people are not from the same. I don't. To me, that was not a factor. I don't consider that at all. But some mm. people are making that comment. Um, uh, is her boyfriend a ghost or something? Eon zero zero one. Well, if you're curious about that, uh, I suggest you go and see uh, Last Christmas this weekend. Um, okay, Doctor Sleep uh, is. We've got five minutes to talk about this. It's yeah. probably the big movie this week. Obviously, mm-hmm. likely to, to come in at number one. Yeah. Um, very very uh, happy um, for uh, the director um, the work that he's done and to get such an amazing project to work on has had great success in the last couple of years with a brilliantly inspired uh, series of movies um, I'll be honest with you I saw it last night and I was disappointed really I was somewhat underwhelmed um, huh. yeah I mean it, it for me it felt slightly overlong well, it's a Stephen King um, movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love The Shining. I, yeah. The Shining is one of my favourite movies of all time. Uh, I, I do love the references that are in this movie and the homage that is paid to it. Um, I didn't find it at all uh, scary. Um, you know, Rebecca Ferguson's character mm-hmm. was was great, but I just didn't feel she was menacing enough oh. for me. And I just didn't feel... She didn't feel maleficent enough for me. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's a, it's not a bad movie from my perspective. Yeah. Um, but I didn't come out of it loving it as, as much as everybody. I mean, okay. it's a very competent piece of work and it's very brilliantly done. Yes. In the way that there's a, there was a lot <clears throat> riding on this movie, obviously, because Stephen King also didn't like The Shining. Well, because it wasn't so much like it went really far away from the book. Yeah, and I yeah. didn't. I I really respect the, the way that this is handled, and I think there are some great things in this movie. But overall, um, do you know, I I didn't like it as much as I thought wow. I was going to be. But I, I really like Ewan McGregor in this. Uh, the, the girl, I thought mm-hmm. she was fantastic. Uh, I thought their their interaction was fantastic. fantastic yeah. yeah, I mean, but. You know, overall, as a movie, it just didn't it just didn't grip me. Your thoughts on Doctor Sleep? Whoa, I uh, I really really liked it. Mm. I really liked it a lot, and I had actually held off on reading Doctor Sleep prior to seeing this movie because you know how like book adaptation and for for into a movie sometimes they don't follow the book exactly. Yeah, and. Just for my own personal track record, I've always liked the book better, so I saved the book to read at until after so I wouldn't judge the movie so harshly yeah. because I have to keep in mind when you're reviewing a movie that's a book adaptation, mm. not everybody has read that book, but most, a lot of people have seen the movie The Shining. Yeah. So there's kind of like, there's that difference because a lot of this movie follow the book, a lot of the movie, part of the movie follow the book. And a lot of it also referenced to The Shining, and that's you have to gently and very carefully yeah. marry the two together, so it's you done make it very well. It's done really, that's really done well. Very well. So I, I didn't love the third act, the ending. I didn't. Yeah. I, I get why they did it. I didn't love it for my own reasons, uh, because, and that's because they had to really marry the book and the Kubrick movie together yeah. to have it make sense and a little bit of fan service, which I'm all fine with. But I really found it. So haunting, so creepy. I loved seeing uh, Ewan McGregor as Danny, and I love kind of seeing that, like, little flashbacks of, like, what happened after the yeah. Overlook, uh, meeting Abra, who was the new character. And I absolutely loved Rebecca Ferguson. I'm such a fan of her. And I thought, very quite opposite of you, I thought she was completely horrifying and creepy. Interesting. Yeah. You see, I, there, there's another character in that movie that I found way more terrifying, um, and that was the, the, the young girl that they uh, bring into the fold, into their pack, mm, right at the, the beginning pusher. of the movie. The pusher. Yeah. I, I really thought she was... Well, that's why they... But... Yes, but I thought... She was one of the characters, out of sort of a number of characters that held my attention in that movie, yeah. she really... So the, he's talking about the, the true the true knot, like the people the people who know the book, like they know it's the, the true the true knot. Right. Uh, so I, I that that whole group of like demon monsters, I don't know what you call them, but Rebecca Ferguson's kind of like the puppeteer of everything, and mm. I just, she's, she's, she's the boss, right? So she's the head bitch in charge, essentially. And I just felt like she's so powerful, and the abilities that she has and just kind of feeling absolutely zero sympathy yeah. for anybody except for those in within her group is really horrifying because she's, you know, and that she's, was good. yeah, just yeah. the most beautiful being uh, and seemingly kind, normal, but there's this like horrific killer instinct that's behind that's hidden right behind that and you wouldn't even know it if she got close to you yeah and that's what was so horrifying to me she'll sweet talk you and she'll say whatever she needs to say 
to get to what she wants and she there's and I and I love the 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 epic battle that we kind of see play out between the main characters yeah and it was all up here and that's just fascinating to me and for me there are there are times in the movie where that really comes through and then mm-hmm. there are other parts where for me I would have liked to have seen her going harder or, or being sort of more either end of the spectrum you know mm-hmm. one minute being really compassionate the next minute being you know a complete cow mm-hmm. and I just really would have I would have liked to have seen more of that the seesaw didn't move enough for me for her character for, for her or just character. okay um, and I would have liked to have seen a little bit more mm. you know real you know black and white yin and yang I would have really liked to have seen that okay. but I mean as a movie I think it's something that people should go and see yeah and it's not a movie that I say don't bother going to see I think you should see it in a movie theatre because it's the so way good. that it's shot is incredible and back to what you said that if you're a fan of the movie The Shining you're gonna really like all yep. the little little bits and pieces that they put in it's, it's not enforced it's not hammy um, I think it's really it's really worth checking it's well out. done uh, unfortunately we've run out of time but I will uh, say uh, do check out my interview with uh, with Rain Wilson uh, that is on Forbes uh, where he also talks about Super if you're a fan of James Gunn's Super um, he genuinely has an idea for creating a sequel to Super Ooh. and has spoken to the producers of Super about turning it into a TV show so if you're fans of James Gunn's Super do check that out this week Wendy thank you so much for being on the show um, it's been actually really nice just having the two of us yeah it's uh, fun we've to talk about some stuff <laughs> yeah. really nicely in depth and your, your insight is as always uh, unique important insightful thank and you. invalid Wendy uh, for people that don't know where can they find you please uh, you can find me on Collider, you can find me on YouTube at the Movie Couple channel and on social media at Wendy Lee Zaney. I almost uh, forgot my own handle. That's totally fine. <laughs> and you can find this show uh, at Mebi Press uh, on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can also find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter at Showbiz Simon. Like, subscribe, share the show, leave a review. We really appreciate it, whether you're watching on YouTube or whether you are listening to this on one of the many podcast platforms that we're on. And again, like I say, the reason we're here is because of you, the audience. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to everybody in the chat today. Too many to mention. It's been a really good uh, inclusion on there. Uh, bye, Simon Westerkid. Bye, and Wendy. We'll see you soon. Wendy will be back again soon. Have a great weekend. Lots of great movies to check out. Have a great Veterans Day weekend. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.